What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, David Michael, and the whole crew is here. Tony Tripp and Mo. What's up, fellas? What up? We are here to talk about the infamous Fire Festival, which we talked about, so I'd say middle of the year last yeah. year or so. And, of course, there's been some renewed interest in this with the uh, Netflix and Hulu documentaries both coming out. And so we're, this is sort of a reaction episode. We've all watched both uh, documentaries by now. Yep. And we're just here to kind of share our thoughts. So I, I can g- sum it up in two words. Shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that brings to an end. Right. Now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> that, was, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we should sort of start with the uh, sort of a summarization of what Fire Festival was to catch people up for, you know, who've yeah. been living under a rock here. And by the way, we should start with, spoiler alert, if you have any intention on watching either of these documentaries, you might want to watch that first before yeah, watching this Yeah, just hit pause episode. right now. Yeah. Um, and if you also have tickets... Um, um, yeah, you might want to <laughs> shut it off right now, too. So this was, what, uh, 2017, I think April, May, something April, like that? April 27th was when it was supposed to take okay. supposed to have taken place. And uh, it was uh, sort of a co-venture between this guy, Billy McFarland, and Ja Rule, and... Uh, murder. It, it was, was murder. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be a sort of elitist uh, festival experience on an island, that was really talked up and had this big uh, uh, promotional backing behind it yeah. mm-hmm. and just turned into a total shit show. And most people have seen, if they haven't seen the documentaries, they at least saw the news stories or saw or, the, or the late memes. night hosts or yeah. the memes <laughs> and talk about it. Uh, just ended up being a total mess. So Hashtag rich kid problems or yes. something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, that was yeah. like the big thing going around. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, I guess we can, do we want to start with just a quick vote on which uh, which one we liked better or did you, do you have thoughts? on that netflix you like netflix yeah i better? think i need, i like yeah. the next netflix one but better well i, I think if, if you want to if you want to see millennials being made fun of watch the hulu one if, yeah. if you want to yeah. if you want to run into run into the town square with with the torch and pitchforks watch the netflix one yeah well and yeah. And, and i think it, it like the it's important to note that i think the biggest difference between the two is that fuck Jerry or Jerry Media was behind one of them, the but Netflix. not but not the other one. Correct. But the other one that uh, Jerry Media wasn't involved in actually has interviews with dipshit. Billy McFarlane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dipshit McFarlane. <laughs> so, so there, there's questionable ethics with either one, right? If you're being well, honest, just right. because of that. Yeah, right. and I mean, in its essence, they're trying to sell their product so they're going to spin it one way or the other yeah um so also you know it is a documentary but it is written with a skewed vision whichever one you decide to watch the the hulu one did feel a little bit like like a hit piece on millennials yeah yeah Yeah, Um, yeah. it was very heavy on that from the get-go i liked how they presented so they they kind of started the documentary presenting you know, an argument about here's what social media is doing to us. Here's what Instagram culture is doing to young people. Yeah. Right. And I appreciated that part of yeah, the, the kickoff. Right. And they talk right. about the the power of influencers. Of influencers. Yeah. yeah. Well, and not just the influencers, but then the people actually behind these marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one guy, he doesn't even work for Jerry Media anymore. anymore yeah. But when they, I mean, they flat out asked him, who's to blame for all of this? And he just kind of, you know, with a smirk and a shrug goes, we all are. Yeah. Everyone is. Like, everybody who, who had a hand in it. So, like, you know, I, 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 I think there's enough blame to go around because at some point, 
if you're involved in something that fucked up, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that something is that fucked up. Yeah. Um, now, all, all that being said, Billy McFarlane was clearly just a scam artist. Oh, at the yeah. End of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially I think the Hulu one went a little bit deeper into uh, all of his other business ventures and all of the yeah. other things that he had going on in the background. Yeah, it kind of gave you some, like you said, background to set you up for what was about to occur with his whole fire festival. Right. Yeah, I do think it was worth it to watch both of them. I'm yeah. glad oh, I watched I agree. both of yeah. them. Same. But yeah. the, the Netflix one definitely, it dives a little deeper into the making it feel like the emergency that it was and showing how it really like screwed over the people on the island, oh, yeah. the workers and all that. Well, kind of oh stuff. yeah. Well, and uh, but also the employees for uh fire media as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They, it was interesting because they played that, that internal phone call that the, <laughs> the team had after shit hit the fan. Billy, do we, we have to worry about the FBI? Uh, uh I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, and he was like, you guys got calls from the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Who else got calls? And someone's like, uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Just So one thing I, that I thought was kind of interesting was the the whole thing, the, the fire idea started with this the brand app. that was going to be an app where yeah, you could yeah. kind of book artists or big names and book talent. kind of yeah. Yeah, talent and it made it accessible to people. Yeah, like, so if, hey, if you have $300,000 and you want to book blah, blah, blah to play your bar mitzvah or yeah. whatever, right. then you could do that. And, and you I know, actually thought that was kind of cool. Same. The yeah. idea of it yeah. was. Well, Douche, douchey, but people have the money to do that sort of thing. Right. You know, but, and the funny part is, is that now, um, Ja Rule just basically took that app and now and has other, it. And, and flipped it <laughs> and now ha basically has the same thing. Now he's just calling it something different. So mm. yeah, the whole thing about like one of the, my takeaways was that how shitty is it that like, this was actually a really great idea from a promotional event organization event organizing like if somebody was able to pull that off that would have been tits right but now that this guy has fundamentally destroyed you know the entire premise the entire plot the entire thing the next person who actually does come and try and do it legitly like yeah, it's it. You know, now it's going to be like fire 2.0, yeah. you know, even yeah. if it's it, no matter who it is and who no matter how much money they throw at it and how much planning and infrastructure they build behind it and all of that stuff. So I guess we should clarify the, the idea with the, oh, the event yeah. itself was to basically uh, take this entire small island in the Caribbean and turn it into this sort of paradise. And they made all these promises about and what was the, the price of the, the tickets? The, the entry price was two grand. With and it went up to twenty grand, I believe. I think it, no, I think they had some. I mean, look it up there on the screen towards the top. I think they they talk about ticket. Prices. Oh, the five hundred dollars for yeah, the, they uh, they had like a general like a general admission pass. pass. Yeah, but then it went up to like twelve grand for VIP passes, yeah. and right. then the documentaries yeah. talked about um, like twenty like, grand, like, like houses that they had available for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like, no, they had the boat that you they, that they one of them. <clears throat> right, we had a right. private chef. Yeah, and. You know. Private jets, and they were yeah. they were just making all these promises and and like over the top. They, right. Basically, the the scam part of it comes in with Billy basically just taking money and funneling it into the next thing and funneling it into the next thing and scamming people out of it to fund his next part of the scam. And yep. it it reminded me a lot of um, I was telling my wife it reminded me of of uh, 
someone who's addicted to drugs who just kind of reaches for the money wherever they can find it just to keep the the process going right. you know consequences be damned yep robbing peter to pay paul yeah mm-hmm. yep. exactly yep. yep um tony i'm interested on, on your thoughts of um the idea of take how long do they have to to do the festival four, four, four months, months. <laughs> four months yeah. on that that level well, in, in of a festival four months they were talking about building all these houses uh housing everybody at the venue well they were going to hold it on a complete different island in the beginning until they used pablo escobar's name yeah and then they yeah. said yeah no you're done the fa- yeah his, the escobar family said island. no yeah mm-hmm. um four months no way how long does it take to do like a like a breakaway or something like that, which much smaller planning, scale? Planning is a year. <laughs> yeah. So that's we already have the infrastructure, though. Like the plans are already done because we keep doing the same thing every year as far as stage production. You know, maybe a little bit different change in lighting shows and things like that, but the overall layout of the ground is is usually the same. Mm-hmm. And they were their idea was like. Here's this island that Pablo Escobar used to own, and then they're like, "Oh, we can't do that. Let's get this other one." And like, it was just from the get-go. It was just. You're talking about a guy that was into technology and an entrepreneur that had no idea how to throw a show. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And right. a lot of people see these music festivals and they think, "Oh, there's a lot of people there. I have the money. Let's put a team together and let's do this." Well, it right. doesn't work like that with no experience at all. Bottom line. Yeah, and, and you've seen that happen firsthand. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had it happen to me, kind of. I was hired as a talent buyer for a festival locally here, and, you know, the guy told me he had $400,000 in talent budget, and I'm like, all right, let's go, you know. Um, We're getting Paris Hilton. <laughs> We're getting Paul guy, D. This guy yeah. had no idea what he was doing, and he didn't even have $400,000. You know, he his his whole concept was to put half money down on a big artist, start selling tickets, and then create a buzz and sell tickets and take that ticket money and book more artists and book more oh, artists. And keep familiar. rolling it, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was, it well, was it, terrible. And the guy is, he's, he's done like, um, like 5K runs and, you know, does events like that, but he's not a, a music festival, like not even an, an event coordinator when it comes to entertainment like that. It's, yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't think about all of the back-end stuff that goes with it. You know, feeding your hands the cost of feeding your hands, the people that are going to serve the food for your hands. You're mm-hmm. like, there's so much behind it. It's ridiculous. Right. And this, Fulfilling all the writers. Yeah. It, it, the thing that drove me crazy, like watching the whole thing, like even though like I, I know the end already. Right. But like I'm watching both documentaries and I'm like, why aren't you canceling yet? What are you like? How, right. how did it get this far? Right. That just blows my yeah. mind. Ego. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the story, the Hulu story tells a, uh, it, show, it shows a path of Billy being uber successful throughout his young adult life. You know, he learned to read early, he learned to walk early. He was the top of his class and all this stuff. And he was creating, uh, well, he started like a pencil or crayon sharpening hustle like <laughs> in fifth grade or something. So <laughs> right. he always had this hustler mentality and he always won. And even going back to when he started the Magnesis thing, where basically it was this uh, elite credit card for, um, 20-somethings in New York. If you're new to this city, you become part of this uh, elite Almost group. like a private club membership kind yeah. of vibe to it. Yeah, and they would help, and it was this swanky place in, like, in Manhattan, and you could go there for like wine tastings or just meetups and stuff like that. And you also got exclusive opportunities to get like VIP tickets for things like Hamilton and stuff like that. And because supposedly, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, and what he was doing, he was taking money from other ventures and funneling into these ventures that he was fucking up, 
and paying far more than he needed to for tickets, but having to, but trying to execute these things that these that he these things that he was saying he could deliver. So, like you said, the the, the drug addict mentality, like, well, okay, I I fixed this problem. Now how am I going to get high the next time? Okay, let me create another. Yeah, just keep pushing. A funding source. Kicking the can yeah, down. Let me create road. another funnel, and it just kept going. So because he had never failed in anything, he didn't have any reason to think like, oh, well, we should just cancel this. All right. What what are some of the the craziest things that you guys saw in the documentaries, like details that you didn't know? Because I mean the it, the web was so deep. I didn't you know, really more know than much about the, the festival period. Um, I knew about it, but I didn't know the details and the extent that they were going with all of this stuff until I actually watched the documentary. You know, I yeah. knew it was um, something planned by Ja Rule and this guy, but I didn't really dive deep into it you know i wasn't going to it and it didn't have anything to do with me so i was just like whatever you know it definitely but when i watched this stuff uh, let's see paying kylie jenner two hundred thousand dollars to post it on her instagram yeah how many tickets you got to sell just to recoup that post yeah people don't think of that just that in itself Mm -hmm. you know and if tickets are what would you say five hundred five hundred for the lowest for lowest ga right so that's what four thousand tickets, GA tickets. You have to sell just to recoup what Kylie one, Jenner did. One one yeah. Instagram you know I mean? post. Yeah. Um, but I was listening to it, and it was the Netflix when he said it was at night, and they were shooting a, the commercial, and they wanted the girls to jump in the water, and <laughs> the girls were like, "Why do you want me to jump in the water? Because we need that money shot. We need that shot. We need these people to see that." Well, why do you want people to see that? Because we're trying to get to your average everyday loser, loser. Right. American. We're selling a pipe. You know dream. what I mean? We're selling yeah. a pipe dream to yep. your average everyday loser. Like, what the fuck kind of mentality is that? Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it pisses me off to no end. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. But well, especially right there, because that's not that's not the scene or that's not the vibe that that you know people like us came up in. You know, we've been involved in rave scenes and underground warehouse scenes and all of that stuff for the better part of two, three decades. You know, uh, and you know, it, it 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 is. It's infuriating to know that there are people out there who have exploited it to that level. Mm-hmm. There's always been people who have taken advantage and exploited, and and those people usually weed themselves out of a scene once people catch on to who they are. But that was the sole intent purpose <clears throat> of right, this was right. to exploit. Because uh, in the Hulu one, when they show that that video, it's like you know all these people he would never party with, and this could be you. You know, there's just like some normal dude like right in the middle of the crowd. Yeah. You know. Right. Do you really think that's possible? Well, people thought it would be. Exactly. And they it's and they were willing to pay. It's all smoke and mirrors. And they were willing to pay, you know, a couple grand for the po- potential to be within that small sphere, if it, even if it was just for 72 hours. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was their goal. They were focused towards the millennials. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, rich, the rich millennials that were born between 1980 and, what, 1995? Something like that. 495 or something like that, yeah. And it's all they do all day long is... This, you know what I mean, and if something sparks their interest, and that's it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like what you see on the internet. Everybody believes all that stuff, and it's. <coughs> um, I think a good job at marketing. Yeah, yeah. It, well, sure. that, that's what I was gonna say because when you asked what's some of the most extreme, th- you know, things or the most uh, wild things, uh, I've got one in particular. I think I'm sure it's on all of our minds. Nobody wants to just come right out and say it. Um, <laughs> I mean, they had to get the water, right? Yes, they really? had to get the water. <laughs> yes, let's talk yeah. about how they had to get the water. <laughs> but that aside, that was probably the most profound part for me, 
you know, aside from the shock value of that that particular scene is that, you know, early on when they're talking about the social media engineering, you know, and, and it's not that I mean, some of it we do on our own, you know, I mean, like when we when we plan events for 3DM and stuff like that, we we do we have dedicated street teams, we have dedicated people, we pull, you know, these influencers in our own scene together and then we have dedicated launches and we have you know these concerted efforts to to get the buzz going and to get Mm -hmm. people interested i mean that's that's how you do things Mm -hmm. but that was the crazy part is the level that they went to to do that you know all these uh, you know super hot supermodels you know and then you know jaw rule and all of this stuff and then the commercial and all of and and jerry media being involved and all of that stuff and then the 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 launching part was genius yeah you know i mean it, honestly i mean a, a a yellow tile fire festival hashtag click, bam. click here yeah yeah and i mean so yes it was attention grabbing yes it, it and and it was all of the people who follow that stuff it was very very well engineered and that i think to the level that it was executed, en- engineered yeah. Yeah. executed and received like, I honestly kind of wish this damn thing actually happened just because, <laughs> you know, when you put that much oomph behind it, you know, because now, you know, old shitheads like us, we all see it for what it is. And we're all like, you know, it, it, we are we already have a certain skepticism about all that shit, you know, but how many people in that millennial generation you know, or especially the people who went, you know, and got stuck on the island and had this terrible experience, you know, how much skepticism did that implant in them? Or are they ready to shell out another $5,000 right. for the next exclusive thing, you mm-hmm. know? $175,000, right? That's what it was costing to get through customs, the water? Oh, the water, yeah. So there's 375000 just for one post and to get some water. And to get some Bahamas. water. Now how many tickets you have to sell? You know right. what I mean? Like it's well, infrastructure alone. I mean, they they had to hire how many people, how many locals to construct houses and 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 um, you know, all the FEMA tents and uh, like all all of that stuff. I mean, day laborers. I mean, yeah, they're. Uh, I'm I'm assuming down in the Caribbean, they're not. You know, they don't have all of the uh, worker Unions protections and, like and that, stuff yeah. stuff behind them like we do. But, I mean, all of that stuff still comes at a cost. And I mean, but one thing to add on to that situation, just to give everyone else background, what was happening that same weekend was like the national regatta, which is like they said equivalent to the the it's Super Bowl. Christmas. It's bigger than Christmas. Right. So. You know, all the hotels are sold out. All the rental cars are gone. All the the, the laborers are, you know, spread out to support all this th- stuff. Now you have this other event trying to draw workforce and resources from that as well. Right. And they said there were people working for, you know, 18, 20 hours straight, getting mm-hmm. a couple hours nap and then coming back. That's one thing I do at all my events is research the date. Make sure nothing else big is going on around when you go to yeah. the show. When like, people told him not that <laughs> you can't do it this weekend because of the regatta. Mm-hmm. Right. And no. Nah. Meh. Yeah, going back to your question, why are you still doing this? Yeah. It yeah. was just there there's it seemed like there was nothing that was going to stop him short of what you know, just it falling apart the way it did. I mean, people landed on the island. That should have never happened. That's just right. insane to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, one thing that the, like I said, the Netflix documentary did a better job doing is tell how it really screwed over the, the locals and they, 
one thing that kind of it just broke my heart watching that uh, the woman towards the end mm. that owned the cafe. Yeah, that yeah. owned the cafe, and and so what ended up happening is when when these people uh, arrived on the plane, they kind of shipped them off. They obviously things weren't ready, so they kind of shipped them off to another part of the island where there was a, a bar, and and they had no the bar owners had no idea that these people were coming. Under and normal so, circumstances, that would be great because that's business. Yeah, but. What'd she say? Like five busloads of people just showed, showed up. up. They just appear and <laughs> yeah. you're like, uh, okay. And so, you know, it turns into this whole big thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, because of all the labor that she had to, to you know, pay for, to yeah. pay for and everything, she ended up clearing out her entire life savings. She had like yeah. 50 grand or something saved up that she paid out of her own pocket so that her employees wouldn't suffer. And right. she just took that hit for it. And she started like breaking up and yeah. like yep. talking about how like she just, it's hard for her to even talk about it. She's mm -hmm. like, I don't like to talk about this because it's, it's ruined me basically, right. you know, and that, man, that just, that just, just twisting the knife well, you know? oh, yeah. on a side note. I'm not sure at what level, but there, I did see a GoFundMe that was started for her. Oh really? Yeah. I wonder how many people got PTSD from that. Just I don't being know. Stuck on an Island. Well, there's people that got like, locked in the airport. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, things got pretty, uh, pretty silly there by nightfall, you know, with the, <laughs> you know, just running around with those, those shitty mattresses. Well, so, well, let's back up a little bit. So yeah. the, the first, uh, there are some people that are kind of sketched out that they're at their respective airports and some people are like, eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going because I haven't heard X, Y, or Z. I don't have any travel arrangements. I don't have this and that. So people, some people, their spidey senses were going off and they decided not to go. But there were other people that were like, nah, I'm all in, I'm doing this. And then at a certain point, uh, one of the acts cancels and mm -hmm. posted on social media and it was Blink-182. Blink-182. And they said, hey. I mean, that's not much of a loss. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd still go. <laughs> but but they're, they're, the, Diplo's going to be there, right? Yeah, the, the message <laughs> that they posted. holiday. Yeah. The message that they posted was something to the effect of, like, we don't think they can support our, you know, what we're trying to do for right. a quality show. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. So then now there's other people who are like, okay, you know, that second wave of people is like, uh, I'm not going either. But then other people are like, no, we're still going. We're still going. So their private jet shows up. And it's a, a smaller aircraft, like a 737 or something. And it looks like someone um, took like some print shop stickers and branded the jet <laughs> <laughs> with the fire logo and all that stuff. So you and now you have all their influencers and starting to, you know, present a little bit of a questionable attitude. They're like, okay, but, this is our but now, this, now, this is where jet. I take issue. Yeah. This is where I take issue because I'm sorry if any influencers are out there watching this. Why aren't you sponsoring us? I don't yeah. right. Why aren't you? <laughs> um but this is where I totally take issue. Where at what point do you lose all fucking common sense? This is a this is a large scale festival they're trying to bring what was it ten thousand people like or twenty thousand yeah like, it was, twenty or thirty I like think. they i mean and you think that there's going to be a private jet that's going to <laughs> escort each one of your prissy asses from on, one they're, 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 they're influencers man I, but i don't like no no come <laughs> on come on because they thought they were going to be flown in those like little private propeller jets right like it, 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 it cuts stuff. to one chick and she's all like you know this is like just some regular commercial yeah. jet like, like this is like flying coach <laughs> right right oh my god like, I, I had trouble having sympathy for her but do you think that the the overall like the the backlash that the general oh, attendees no, got was honestly justified paying that ticket for the for the jet was what twelve grand? 
Yeah, if you had airfare or something, that's paying, when the next tier yeah, jumped up. If you're up. paying twelve grand, I could see getting a, a private jet. You know what I mean? But but, but well, but and and so like that's the whole thing. I, I I think it's it's what what bill of goods were you sold? So, but yeah, at the same time, like if that would have been me in that position, yes, I would have been pissed. I paid twelve grand, but at the same time, I'd have been like, oh yeah, they're trying to cart how many people from one side of the <laughs> of the ocean to the other like oh yeah right. i guess it makes sense but but i i mean i mean coming from our standpoint is it, well uh, and and you from a mobile and, and you've thrown shows before you know something inevitably always goes wrong oh right? absolutely like so i mean it, and and like a last minute rainstorm for example right <laughs> yeah. exactly so you know <laughs> But couldn't happen to a better group of people. Right. <laughs> so my but that's kind of my point is that if I'd have been in that situation, that's exactly what it would have went through my head. Oh, something must have happened, you know, private jet charters or something, you know, or it was too expensive or something happened. So this was their compromise. This was their their way of fixing the problem. Right. You, you, I, I could have been a little bit more forgiving than that. But uh, I don't know. It just it, the attitude to, to answer your yeah. question. I don't know that that they deserved I, I don't know that deserving is the right word because we are in like this total weird and, and if i if i'm gonna start going down a rabbit hole we don't want to get into feel free to pull me out <laughs> but we are in a weird uh time in our society where we are all about outrage culture and pointing fingers and blaming this and you're a fucking idiot and it's all diverging into yeah. like total tribalism and and you got to be careful where the lines are to, to determine where you actually stand with any given group of people um millennials in general have caught a whole a whole load of shit just for simply taking advantage of the uh of the benefits of technology mm. and and the conveniences that that we've put out there mm -hmm. this is all just you know our evolution as a country so you can't get mad at people for being on their phones all day when we're pushing phones in their hands yeah. all day. Yeah, when, when I'm at the restaurant and there's a younger family and they're shoving iPads in right. front of their kids, right. you know, to keep them quiet. And right. then, you know, when I'm, you know, a, a leader in corporate America and I have a 20-something-year-old and I can't, you know, I have to explain to him he can only use his social media when he's on his break. Right. You know, I can't get frustrated about that. Right. I have to understand. So to uh, so that's a long-winded way of coming around to say, I don't think that they deserved all of the backlash that they got, though some of it was fucking funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> funny as in execution of witty sarcasm, right, right, right. you know, and mm -hmm. all that. Not funny as in the like, experience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> idiot. But uh, um, because no matter who you are, no matter what, how much that it, you paid for this experience or whatever, if you're sold a bill of goods, you're promised a certain experience or something for the money that you are, I don't care if it's $50 or 5000 mm -hmm. If they don't own up to what they promised you, well, then that's, that's not right. So as our resident millennial... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a zennial for... <laughs> just for... Uh, uh, just for clarification... <laughs> I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that there weren't a lot of, of parts of both documentaries, that, especially the Hulu one, I think, that didn't make me feel kind of icky about uh, how how in, influent, uh, not influential, how um, 
how susceptible to influence my generation is when it comes to all this like smoke and mirrors social media stuff right. and also the fact that there's let's be honest there's some degree to which we take part in that as content creators where yeah. we have instagram mm-hmm. profiles and we're posting the best version of ourselves mm-hmm. and you know all that kind of stuff and it's like how much of this is just us participating in culture and how much of this is perpetuating the problem right and it really kind of makes you think about that a little bit well i think the difference of like you know i'll take you know, a 3DM product, for instance, like Tony will ask us to do certain things at certain times whenever he's launching something. And I think, I believe we're executing tactics. We are, right. we are trying to achieve a, a, a swell or whatever. We are not applying, um, psychological manipulation, manip- manipulate, manipulative actions in order to get people to come to Tony's shows. We're, we're advertising a three dimensional event and what, three-dimensional events stand for yeah. and what 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 the expected experience will be mm-hmm. you know and, and it helps that you have a history of <laughs> success right, in this yeah, area right. too exactly and, and, and where the fire media i think and this is the point i was going to bring up where they i think went over the top and and i mean it worked to a certain extent and it does work obviously is that whole reference they kept talking about fomo mm-hmm. the fear mm-hmm. of missing out mm-hmm. and i think everything that they were doing was predicated upon that demographic experiencing that FOMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt really ex- exploitative. Ex- uh, uh, yeah. Exploitative. Exploitative. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say. <laughs> <laughs> they were taking advantage of people. Yes. Yes. That's a lot of syllables. Yeah. I'm going to give you 60 points for that. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that was the, the whole meat and potatoes of their strategy was to m- manipulate people's fear of missing out on this, once in a lifetime event. Right. Should we should we finish telling the story about the water? No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> so okay, so everybody arrives. They get to the the area, you know, where the festival is supposed to take place, and they're full, well, mind you, they're being driven there on school buses, yellow school buses. They get to the the site and they see essentially a FEMA camp. And people are starting to freak out. Yeah, they were literally like, I think one of the documentaries said these, they were like leftover tents from Hurricane yeah, Matthew from, yeah. or yeah. something. They, they, were, they were literally FEMA tents. So um, apparently the water was ordered. The water arrived. But had not been paid for. But had not been paid for and was uh, stuck in customs. customs. Yeah, yeah. So my, my only question on this before we go any further is how did they know that would work? Like how did, <laughs> I wondered that too. How did that? How did that become a topic of they conversation? They already had to deal with customs. How many times to get stuff there? So they probably knew dude was down with that. that down. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so um, they had done research. Yeah. So um, I, I forget the guy's name or Andy. even what his uh, what Andy. his ca- and his capacity was. The event coordinator. Event coordinator. So yeah. um, Produ- producer. Right. So. Um, and I think uh, as he identified himself as the token homosexual. Right. Right. <laughs> Then Billy calls him and says, we need you to take one for the team and go down there and suck uh, the customs officials dick to get the water out. And I was like, the whole now now, and I'm like, okay, so that's (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) that that alone. That's total douche. 
bag move. I mean, that, uh, that putting anybody in that kind of a situation, not only is that exploitive, it's terrible. Like, yeah. it, like that, right. Now, now right. T- yeah. Tony has asked me to do some hey. things when I work for him at festivals. <laughs> you know, he's asked me to, to squeegee a stage. He's asked me to help a girl up on the stage so the artist could grind with her. You know, he's asked me to, you know, go Just run get and a grab this. Of- <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's never asked me to perform a sexual act on anybody. And, and I thank you for that. Um, <laughs> Ten sack of White Castle, yes. though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when you said ten yeah. sack, that's not where I thought you were going. <laughs> nice. But just for someone to have the audacity to... Right. Not just to... Add, and, and that's like... So, yeah. Like, that's exactly he, he totally what I was like. devalued. Right. You know... He didn't ask. He said, I'm going to need you to. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and, and so, like... But... And so... All of that is already up here at the forefront of my mind. I mean, because that's the shock factor, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who the fuck are you? And who, like, what in the hell is wrong with you? But then, like, after I get past that initial processing, then I was like, wait, how does he know the customs official is gay? Yeah. Like, how did that even become a solution to the problem? Mm-hmm. And I and, and, and they don't ever go into that. But, like, I was just like, you know, just... It, like that's the level of fuck upness that this whole that's thing was at. That, that's a word. Yeah. And it, it, the thing that that really struck me was guy was gonna do it. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was like, I went home, I took a shower, I, I, I brushed, my, I teeth. brushed my teeth, <laughs> yeah. and I went down and met this guy. And luckily, it didn't work out that way. Right. And I mean, just holy moly, man! Like how how little do you respect yourself to to stoop to that level just to make sure this douchebag's event goes off? And I, and that's I mean, that either shows that... But what kind of mind control did he have to get people to do all these crazy things? Right. And that The level of, of stress and anxiety that was there, too. I mean, just there was some sort of perfect storm of craziness or... Well, you know, and, the, and, 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 you know, sometimes you don't know you're in a padded room until you're, you know, banging your head on the pads, yeah. right? Like, the, the whole thing, like, with that, like, I've been in some situations in life where, you know, the, the, the crazy is all around you, so you think this is what's normal. Mm-hmm. Or even worse is, like, when you're invested into a, a failing project or product or or group of people that are just you know all you know circling around this one goal but like it it just uh, there this was never destined to do anything but everybody's convinced that you, we're gonna pull it off in the 11th hour at 11:59. but this it, like it looks like there's no chance in hell but we're gonna get this done and then here comes midnight and yeah. holy shit so like but when you're in the middle of all that crazy it's very hard to take that step back and look at the forest for the trees unless you get pushed to that brink of, you know, here's here's my line in the sand. And, yeah, I mean, there's that gray area where, like, here's, you know, you could step over this little morality point for a little bit and tiptoe around that line. And people can push into that to where you're uncomfortable. But everybody, I don't care who you are, everybody has something that will stop you dead in your tracks. Sure. And throughout that that portion of the conversation in the documentary people from different aspects of this operation are saying that this is not going to work there's something wrong right what's going on hey why are we still why are we still moving forward with this ego and then you know and the guy leading the charge he's like no no we're good you know just keep going keep doing it you know And, and to the point where I think they even issued like cease and desist orders to people within the teams that were trying to be honest. No, it, um, if it was, and people it, were fired for 
threatening, to be honest. Um, and, and people, uh, and even the, just even the whistleblowers, the people who were out there who were mm-hmm. trying to oh, warn. Cre- yeah, creating those other social media accounts like Fire Fraud, I think, was one yeah, of them. Yeah, Fire Festival Fraud. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Fire Fraud would have went better. <laughs> <laughs> but, but fire yeah. festival fraud that is too many that, that guy yeah because yeah those guys they, they were <laughs> they were posting images of the of the campsite right still looking disheveled and hosed up and asking all these just like poignant questions to the people that might possibly f- be following this social media like yep. hey you know where's all these luxury tents Right. You know, hey, you know, so and so hasn't said that they're going to be at this show. And Why aren't they a, posting? And it was a picture of the cheese sandwich that broke it all. Yes, oh, I <laughs> the know, cheese right? sandwich. Here's our luxury meal. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's funny that that was the thing though, because that that was hardly the biggest problem was the quality of the food. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it was just it showed it perfectly in a picture. I think yeah. you know, and and. and it's more of that the same kind of social media life that we live now mm-hmm. is it takes yeah. something like that to grab your attention yeah. you know so people are showing up they're coming up with rudimentary systems to yeah. assign people to these tents and more people keep showing up and finally there's a line a couple hours long and McFarland decides to just stand up on a picnic table and tell everybody just go grab a tent they're like we we paid like thousands of dollars for a villa and yeah. like he's like go in your FEMA tent yeah go grab a mat a soaked mattress and drag it to a FEMA and there's right. like no assignments nothing so it becomes this free for all so if we didn't if if you guys didn't catch that the night before the festival starts there's a torrential rainstorm and soaks everything <laughs> mattresses tents, tents. mud everywhere yeah. Yeah, yeah so the little progress they had made yeah right <laughs> so the I, I do think that. Um, one of the criticisms that I think it was the Hulu one really, really kind of brought out once it got to that point. I don't, uh, that is one thing that I don't think is a millennial specific trait. I think that's a human trait. Um, you know, the survival but, trait. Right. Because, yeah. because mm-hmm. the, it, because the Hulu one did like, you know, beat up so much on millennials and stuff. So they didn't come right out and say, oh, and all these millennial kids, you know, started acting like the kids from Lord of the Flies. But they did grab a snippet of Lord of the Flies mm-hmm. and like played it like, you know, a couple of cut scenes. And I was like, okay, I see what you're going for there, but like that's not a millennial specific thing. No. If you are stuck in a situation like that, lots of high stress, people are pissed and, you know, uh, and, the food is a cheese sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's a yeah. lot of things going on there. I, it, so when somebody says, "Go survive," it's going to turn into the Hunger Games. Well, I don't but, give a shit. But not what even generation. You're not from. even survival. That mob mentality. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, because they referenced uh, Woodstock mm-hmm. in ni- what the ni- the one in no, the one in the nineties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they burnt the place down and destroyed all the ATM mm-hmm. machines, and mm-hmm. people were getting assaulted, yep. and then going back to like my parents' generation with Ultimat. You know where they hired the Hell's Angels to be security guards because right. whoever thought that would be a bad idea. <laughs> you know, so mob mentality exists. It, it it just takes you know you throw a rock into a crowd and then right. you know. Well, right. plus the one thing that they succeeded in getting to the island was two million dollars worth of alcohol. <laughs> so you, you take all these people who you're fucking over and get and them drunk, are, you know, and literally and when have nothing to eat or drink and, and you, literally you funneling like mm-hmm. like there's scenes of people funneling, you know, bottles of like liquor tequila, like, tequila. Yeah, yeah, we're not even talking about beer. We're not talking about, um, um, you know, shotgunning beers or anything like we're talking like 
vodka and, and I honestly I uh, was almost impressed on. that it like I I thought it should have been way worse <laughs> like that that aspect of right, it right. like I'm really surprised that it wasn't and, and although they didn't come out and outwardly say it but I was surprised that there were no medical injuries right I mean that mm. I mean that, other at least than there the were one, there was one guy that had like heat exhaustion yeah. or, yeah, yeah. or something had to go but, to the local hospital yeah. or yeah. but it, uh, to me Hellabadid broke a nail <laughs> but but for 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 it to be that level of a shit show for me as a medical person, I was very very surprised that there weren't more heat related injuries mm, right. and hospitalizations because that no shade hot alcohol young those things don't usually mix well when it comes to medical situations. So. Right, right. And then just being stuck there and not being able to yeah, do yeah. anything about it, you know. A mild uh, medical problem becomes serious pretty quick. Oh, absolutely! You can't do anything about yeah. it. Yeah. Now, the, the the shit show is at its pinnacle, I guess. People are trying to get off the island. There's not enough jets to get people off the island. Uh, they're locking people in the airports, which is very unsafe. Well, no. If you if you if you remember, there was a cutscene to one of the like airport like. Uh, security or somebody who worked at the airport. Oh, he said he didn't want him to go running around the flight line, which they probably would have. Right. And yeah. he said there, you know, there's fuel tankers or all, all kinds of stuff. He was like, the the last thing you need is somebody like going out there smoking, and smoking a, a cigarette. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. I think that was the Netflix one, that, right? That they covered. I don't remember I think which they, one. I think it was Hulu. Yeah. Hulu. Okay. That's, yeah. that's hard for me to remember. I, I watched them both like right in a row. Same. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one's done. Next. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but so I, I understand the logic behind it, but at the same time, turning people into prisoners probably isn't the greatest thing. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, and, but because they were on the tourist island there, it, like I, I get that there was nowhere else to send them, but like at least uh, like lock the doors to the, to the places you don't want them to go mm -hmm. like, or, you know, allow people the ability to leave, especially if there's no food, no water, like. Mm -hmm. Like that just like even if if nothing else, just the the panic that you're going to give somebody who's in that situation mm -hmm. already, mm -hmm. and they're like, wait, we're stuck here and have n nothing to drink, and like, what what are we doing mm -hmm. here? And right. also, you have to be stuck in this box now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What? And then some of the workers are uh, the local workers are trying to like get their money. They're getting angry. They're getting upset to the point where people that were working for fire media are trying to escape <laughs> from the compound about taking them hostage yeah, yeah. Yep. because you know they want their money they, they those those local day laborers have worked they just want to get paid right you know and you know therefore creating a, a very hostile situation which and mcfarland's nowhere to be seen yeah yeah yep which brings up the next crazy part, which was, I don't know, if we're, maybe I'm skipping ahead here, but after all is said and done and everything, you know, fails horribly, uh, you know, eventually McFarland is, is uh, he's currently serving in jail like six mm -hmm. years, mm -hmm. uh, but he was out on bail for a while mm -hmm. and he just went right back to scamming people mm -hmm. immediately um, basically kind of doing a similar thing that he was doing with the, the credit card. VIP experiences Yeah, type just stuff. selling VIP access to tickets that didn't exist. Like yeah. selling meet and greets with Taylor Swift, who notoriously doesn't, doesn't do, do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tickets to Hamilton and all these things that he just didn't have. Super Bowl just, tickets was another one. It's yeah. like yeah. When, you, when you have this giant <laughs> magnifying glass over you right now, right. it's just the... 
it just blows my mind that you think you can even attempt something close to that. Right. And all I did was just get some other schmuck, you know, mm-hmm. to to be the name and the face yeah. behind it. And he, here's the email list and, you know, and all that stuff. And here's a script. Here's what you say to people. Yeah. And that, you know. Uh, when I first watched it, I thought the guy, before I saw that part where he said that he was just trying to sell these kids a pipe dream, I thought he was just a passionate guy that saw... You know, it's got in over a, his head. A really good opportunity, you know, to bring people together to promote this brand, which it's it's it is. It's a really good way to do it. But then when he said, "I'm trying to sell these people a pipe dream," mm-hmm. you knew right then and there you weren't going to be able to do it. Yeah, right. you know what I mean? Like that was he's that a was garbage like person. Not even yeah. thirty minutes in to the fucking Netflix documentary when he said that. So can I ask another question now? And and if uh, and and I understand that like. Things are different when you're in different income brackets. But my question is, what about these venture capitalists? What about these people that were just throwing money, money at him? him? Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the uh, what was her name? Um, oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, she was the wife of some right. hedge fund manager who had butt tons of money that like, really wasn't liked it him. Like, I mean, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That, uh, her alone. Like, And that's just all gone like and i get that may that she's probably being scammed just as much as everybody else but i mean at some point are you asking whether she's a victim or a uh if she has some responsibility in this i mean i guess that's a good question but at the same time like because it's just a lot of money that at some like who why wouldn't somebody ask some questions? Like I'm well, throwing well, they, all they, he of was this falsifying money those finance well, financial sheets mm-hmm. and sending them to people oh, and, the, okay. and the fake wire transfers and everything. So he gave the appearance, or he was overvaluing the organization. He was sending people fake financial reports, right, right, right. and they were like, "Oh, okay. Well, this guy's worth a shit ton of money. Like, yeah, I, I want my, I want to, you know, I want to make some juice. Yeah, here, here's a couple it's, mil. It's yeah. terrifying because it's like it, it makes me go, how many times have I just looked at a sheet with some finances on it and just took it at face value you and accepted I, it? You know, you know what, what I'd mean? really also like to know is if he had all this money thrown at him to do this, where did it go? Yeah, because there wasn't anything built. No, where's that money lying? Right. Yeah, who knows? You know, and, and and another scenario that a lot of people don't look about, when you're booking artists, a first year festival especially, you're sometimes required to put a hundred percent of that money up front to the to the agent for the artist. How do you have all these artists build promoting the fact that the that these artists are going to be there, and in in one of the documentaries, none of them were ever paid. Right. So how in the hell did you it, even market it, this without having any money invested into the artist? And how did they not explode at that? And, that, and, that I, was and I think one of the things they said is like the the offers that they were getting for these artists was over market, mm-hmm. which was yeah. a red but flag said, to some well, of these he people. Said, uh, the guy said that he, they overpaid for um, Major Laser, I think, in Disclosure. Mm-hmm. I think it was. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, still, Major Laser, instead of paying fifty, you pay a hundred thousand. You still should be paying even if you have a connect and you pay half up front it's still 50,000 for that artist up front mm-hmm. there wasn't any money paid to these artists it, so it, how did he market those artists and market this festival with these artists names on it with no money down right because it's not like they were keeping that information to themselves they were blasting it all over the yeah. internet right right yeah I, I wondered the same thing like how how did all the all of their agents not go uh 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 
right. <laughs> take me off and, of that and yeah. blow them up. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like nobody was listening. I don't know if they maybe some of them did. Right. Maybe they believed in it because Ja Rule had a part of it. Right, but I mean, right. Ja Rule isn't the most responsible has, candidate in the world. Yeah, he's been <laughs> in jail for tax evasion already. Right. Yeah. yeah. And if you notice too, one thing that I notice is once it all come burning down, Ja Rule, I didn't have anything to do with it. Wasn't mine. <laughs> yeah. You, know? Right. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like when you when you specifically said that it was your concept. You said mm-hmm. that clear as day. And when you're sitting down at the panel, you know, at it, it, at the expo in Vegas and he says, Oh, I'm gonna let Billy explain yeah. it to you. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you know nothing about it? Yeah, you just put your name on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just it's it's smelled scam all yeah. the way from the get, man. Like, it, and so, and then, as we said earlier, in the Hulu uh, version, they actually talk to McFarlane. And there's a couple things that he says in there that I'm just like. <laughs> it was yeah. kind of fun to watch Real him squirm, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so oh, to, yeah. Me, to me, the one that jumps out is when the interviewer asks him about. Oh, I so, cannot talk about ongoing investigations. <laughs> yeah. But the one where he's like, so you promised all these villas and blah, blah, blah. He's like, I had paper receipts for all these villas and a box full of house keys and for the rental cars and everything. And so he's like, so what, what? happened to the box? It was lost. Yeah. I lost the box of keys. Yeah. Oh, like, is that all? You had one key <laughs> you had one. <laughs> for all these houses and villas and rental cars. Yeah. And like when it kind of reminds me of the whole O. J. Simpson thing where you say a lie enough times you start to believe it. Oh yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and you could kind of see that in his eyes where he had rehearsed these things and said them so many times that he's actually starting to believe them or he's trying to convince himself that what he's saying is true. Yeah, there there was a moment or two in the Hulu documentary where it almost you could almost see him realizing what he was saying some things about his own situation like oh wait i actually believe this but that's messed up yeah like (laughs) it just is crazy yeah i mean i've i'm sure that at this stage of life we've all encountered a billy mcfarland at at some point in our lives and that that, that's the whole thing like like you said with spidey sense like Mm -hmm. you know everybody's got a little bit of intuition and and i mean i i can spot that shit like and and maybe part of it is that I already knew what I was looking at once I, you know, turned on the TV and I knew what I was going to be looking at. But I, there were like half a dozen people that came to mind as I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him talk and I'm watching his mannerisms and all that stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, I know half a dozen people that are this guy that have, you know, been scamming people or, you know, and, and, and just those mannerisms. It's those things that once you get burned once or twice mm-hmm. by somebody like that, then, you know, you, yeah. you, you, you tend to build a wall or some defenses against that because I'll bet you to the untrained you know, I, that guy was, I mean, he was great at selling, you know, whatever. I mean, they said too, at the, at the end, they said that they'll probably see him again. Hey, how about that? All right. <laughs> they said they'll probably see him at the end because, or again, because he's good at, he's good. Know, he's a good right. salesperson. Yeah, he's only going to be in jail for six years. Yeah. So, and he's yeah. teaching music production to the yeah. prisoners. <laughs> in, I didn't even know he was a music producer. Right. Yeah. You know, and six years fed, he'll probably do like four. Three, right. th- three to four. Yeah, really. Yeah. Right. yeah. So do you guys think, like, just speaking to the, the documentaries, do, do you think that this is going to do good things or bad things for, like, our scene or or the festival? I think it'll thing? make people a lot more cautious. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, people are going to be leery of a, of a new festival, but that festival had so much... I mean, a treasure hunt with really a million-dollar million dollar treasure price. hunt. Like, yeah, there's just so many things that 
that didn't add up. You know, yeah. but a lot of people don't see that. They yeah. just see, oh man, I got a chance to win a million dollars. You know, it's it's like going to McDonald's. I have a chance of winning a hundred thousand dollars on Monopoly. I don't think I've ever seen anybody win a hundred grand on McDonald's yeah. Monopoly. And, right. And just knowing what I know about putting on a show, I get a with, bunch of egg McMuffins. <laughs> I got some fries. I, right. I, I die trying. Yeah. Uh, the occasional McFlurry. Yeah. <laughs> just from the little bit of work and the little bit of behind the scenes I've seen with working with Tony, like. Obviously, people didn't know that they had thought of this and, and that we were going to execute in four months. But if I saw a show that was being announced four months out, I'd be like, what? A yeah. show this big, right? you're that, announcing four months out. Everybody in the industry knew that it wasn't going to happen. Behind the scenes, like a lot of the, a lot of the professionals knew that it wasn't going to happen. There's, uh -huh. there's no way. In four months, no way. But, right. but I think when you have those rich VCs, the venture capitalists, and they saw what he was throwing out there with them not having any understanding of what it takes to put on a production like he was trying to describe, it was probably easy for them to say, oh, well, like I was saying earlier, yeah, you know, let, let's flip some money. Here's a couple yeah, mil. Yeah, you're going to sell a villa for 250 for sure. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. But then also, as we saw with the Bernie Madoff stuff when he was doing the Ponzi schemes and, and scamming people out of their money, rich people are very reluctant to let other people know that they got scammed. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what better group of people to try and get money from that's that, a good that, point. That, I mean, who wants to be that example? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I was, quote-unquote, dumb enough to get yeah. you know, screwed by this. Or, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, I think my, my answer to your question is that um, I don't think it'll do much. Yeah. Because for the type of festival that they were trying to pull off there mm -hmm. i mean you're you're in the same realm as you know like a like a coachella or something mm -hmm. like that right they were trying to be the next coachella right and and there's so much that negative things uh, that are said about coachella and yet every year their attendance keeps going up you know like fair point. i mean yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of really negative shit that's said about Coachella, like the people who run it, the people who own it, whatever. And then the actual like site, you know, putting that many people out in a desert, you know, 120 degrees, do, you know, whatever. Do but, you have any examples offhand? Because I don't really I don't really know what's going on with that. From what I understand, it's and I don't it, it's only been what I've seen in like comment sections. I haven't researched mm -hmm. it like in depth. Disclaimer. Right, yeah. right. Like, but just um, what you saw on Reddit. It, <laughs> right, right. Just stuff like you know um that the people are like very culturally insensitive um the homophobia gotcha. uh, the, like just have uh values and ideas that don't match up with the type of scene that they're throwing a show for that sort of thing they're just so. there to collect a check yeah right 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 and you know i mean and that is what it is like i i think i may have seen like one coachella lineup where i thought eh if I lived out there, maybe I'd go, but like, mm -hmm. you know, mo for the most part, and, and wasn't Coachella where they did the 3D or the oh, hologram, Tupac. hologram Tupac? Tupac. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that was pretty cool. <laughs> but, um, so just knowing that, you know, um, I mean, even take a way smaller scale, um, you know, back here to our local scene, there's people who have come and gone and but they've they've come in they've exploited the scene they've thrown shows they've done all the thing and 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 had a really negative reputation that builds around them but people step going still kept going to their shows that's true you know so and and, and i mean that's just you know that, that's just uh, when people want to have a good time if if you're selling what they're buying you know and then, then, then people will will go for it 
So I, I think ultimately, I think it, it'll be, you know, you know, some finger pointing, you know, and, and, and it, it, it's an anecdotal story, but I don't think it'll have that much of a, of an effect. No ripple. Yeah. I don't I think it's, it's, I don't think people are, are going to change much. People are going to forget about it. The, the only know. reason I think I asked the question is because the, the, the documentaries bring this into mainstream. Right. Light, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas well, it's normally not. And it, it, it kind of makes me think of like rave act. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think one thing to watch out for though, is that for a couple of years now, you know, even though festivals are as huge as they are, there has been some people or there have been articles and people who have said, you know, uh, how long is this festival thing, this mega festival thing sustainable? Mm -hmm. You know, at some yeah. point, it, you know, it's got to reach a, pin a pinnacle and then it's got to, you know, head back down, you know, uh, head back downward in terms of attendance and all of that and because it can only get so big, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, I mean, after watching that, it's hard not to think of that as, as kind of the, the crash the zenith. of the, yeah. yeah. Right. And I think looking back to when Tony and I were younger, like the Monsters of Rock tours, when they you had these big, you know, you know, Metallica and Van Halen and all these guys just fill on these arenas, you know, it, it just got to a certain point and then it just it stopped. Right. Right. Uh, it didn't really it didn't really die off slowly. If I remember uh, correctly, it just sort of just stopped because people No, Guns N' Roses ruined it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Axel dove off the stage. <laughs> no, when Axel destroyed the Nutter Center here in Dayton. Oh, he did. What? Oh yeah, you guys. That's before my time, man. Uh, that was. Was it as bad as when Limp Biscuit tore up that Sunoco? <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? I don't even remember. Was that eighty nine, ninety? It was the Nutter Center. Yeah, that was after ninety. No, it was, it was Appetite for Destruction tour, wasn't it? And that came out in eighty eight. It was probably ninety one. The Nutter, when did the Nutter Center start? They ninety. Was it? Okay, so maybe it was after, but yeah. I was just a young pup back then. Oh, but they it, came it, and wrecked it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what happened? See, what ha happened was <laughs> is uh, Axel decided not to come out, or like there was like some hub, but basically the the whole place turned Imploded. into a riot. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Destroyed the place. Yeah. Yikes! But anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think ultimately, I think. You know, that could be a data point, you know, if if things start to, you know... Ten do, years in the future when we look back. Yeah, yeah, know. you know, and look at a graph and say, oh, yeah, right here, you know, like you said, the zenith, where, oh, now it starts to die. Uh, oh, right about there is when Fire Festival happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> right. But but maybe not, you know, because so much of, of our, uh, of that culture, of our scenes are so dependent on, on disposable income, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, as long as the economy's doing good, mm -hmm. millennials are working, you know, the, the economy keeps getting better. Now, there there's a lot to be said for wage stagnation and all of these other political mm -hmm. things that we don't really get into into this show. We, we dabble and we touch around it, but um, ultimately, what we do, what we provide, all of that stuff, it's all, you know, a commodity. It's all mm -hmm. based on what's your disposable income and how much is that worth to you? So, you know, maybe if the if slash when the economy takes a dip mm. then it'll be interesting to see it, you know how the festival season fares and if that somewhat coincides I mean, I, with this yeah. i don't want to see the economy take a shit but i would be more than happy to see this festival scene kind of just slow down slow down because yeah i, I mean <sighs> it, uh, 
because I'm not a festy person. So like yeah. I, I go, uh, you know, we, I think at some point we all go to movement, you know, we, we aspire to go every year, mm-hmm. but we, we pledge to go, we but pledge we don't to make all, the pilgrimage, but we don't always, always work out. Don't yeah. always work out. But, um, again, to the disposable income, but, um, <laughs> and, and movement's not getting any cheaper either, but, um, but because that's not my scene, I don't know that I want to see it go because I mean, I can remember back in the nineties. I mean, that's what we were kind of aspiring for. It was like, let's make this legitimate mainstream. Let's do the build, build the thing. There was some faction of us that were that. And then there was the other faction that was like, no, keep it underground, keep yeah. it underground. Um, you know, so, I mean, if the kids enjoy it and, and ask their thing, you know, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for it, but, um, but it does, but it has kind of changed the way, you know, everything operates within this thing that was built off of the rave. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like the, I think conceptually and like scene wise and, and like, as far as the feeling of it goes, like I, I really, I, I like the underground thing. Sure. But that's inherently works against growth. Like if you're keeping it tamped down. Right. It's it's gonna piddle out, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's you you kind of can't it's have a double it both sword, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would personally like to see the dirty ass raves come back. But, oh yeah, I mean that's just you it, and me it, both. That's it's it's a hard thing to do. One day I'll I'll buy a warehouse downtown, and that's what we'll do. Well, I'm trying to buy a farm, so maybe we can do it there. Well, you know, <laughs> when, when when we reached peak rave, it didn't go so well. Yeah. So yeah. What do you but want? I mean, I think just like anything. Uh, in society when it comes to social behavior there's always this you know and like I gave the uh, the Lollapalooza mm. incident you know we are with the I, you, I can't remember what you call it the the alt rock or like Limp Bizkit and all that shit kind of came to a, a uh, peak. new metal new yeah, metal yeah, yeah it came yeah. to a peak and then after that that particular incident I think if, you know looking at those data points things started to try and Talk, trend down Lola a little Palooza bit. or Woodstock 99? I'm sorry, sorry, yeah, Woodstock 99. I was going to say, yeah. wait, what happened at Lala? <laughs> no, my, my bad, I got him confused. But, you know, seeing things like that come to a head, you know, are trigger points for th- for something else new right. to come mm. about. So I mean, it, it could also start with rebranding. I mean, Rock on the Range is no longer, but mm-hmm. there's something else coming in its place, which is Rock on the Range. Yeah. Just, just a different name. Yeah. Right. Same company. Yep. Yeah, for those of you on the West Coast, it's equivalent to like the K-Rock Weenie Roast. You know, things like that were just a bunch of bands at a stadium for several days. So, All right, anything that we skipped over here? I'm sure there's plenty that we're going to kick ourselves for not bringing up. But, yeah. there, I mean, there's just so much to digest in, in right. both of these documentaries. Just realize that it's not that easy to throw a festival no. or, right. or an event, period. You know, I don't care how much money you have. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't yeah. throw money at everything. No. Yeah. no matter how. And he tried. Well, <laughs> allegedly he tried. <laughs> I mean, he had the best of the best in the industry. True. You know, but at, at the end of the day, if you, as an owner, don't know how to delegate all of that stuff and come up with a plan to, to make execute, an event yeah. happen or it just it's not going to work not gonna work i didn't even see any security or anything on that you know i mean just think right Right. oh my god of all that you know all those costs as bad as it was it could have been so much worse for so many reasons and that's i think that's what's so scary about it is this was horrifying and yet it didn't go half as bad as it could right right i think for me my my takeaway um is that we 
in, in today's media culture and social media culture and all of that stuff, we need to always be very cognizant of the wrapping paper. You Shit ain't I mean? real. Right. Like, I mean, everything from Instagram to mm. the news you see and, uh, I mean, everything. Like, everything is curated with a particular intent. So, you know, you can take any any image, you can take any story, you can spin it any way you Steer want, you can you can direction. frame it yeah. and, and 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 if you just take everything at that face value, then you'll you'll fall for anything. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, like I, I think people in general and, and I'm included in this sometimes too, you know, but um you know, being able to look past it with a little bit more of a skeptical or critical eye and say, okay, yeah, that's a pretty picture, but what... Where's it? Show me some depth. Right, right, right. right. Marketing is a very powerful tool these yeah. days. Yeah. Very powerful. Yeah. yeah it's co- almost the most powerful weapon at our disposal. <laughs> yeah. In, I, mean, I mean, a couple points of- for me, like, even if you're not into the electronic scene or the festival scene, I think it's a good watch just for the... The psychology, the human psychology aspect yeah, of it, yeah. you know, from the festival goers to Billy McFarlane to the employees of Firefest, and just listening to them trying to justify, rationalize, and the actualization of what was going on, and just seeing how they were, how, how everyone either did or did not take responsibility for what right. was going to happen. Yeah. Even though it didn't happen, they saw the writing on the wall, and whether they choose to ignore it. Or just you know you know and stick their head in the sand, or they actually tried to be that whistleblower at the risk of losing their professional credibility within those circles. You know, just right. observing that part was I, I thought very interesting. And for me, as a parent of you know of teenagers right now who were, who are ready, you know, I have, I have one in college, three in high school, who are the demographic that these people are preying on. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is a this is one of those things I'm going to sit down and watch with my kids and we're just going to talk about it because I need to understand what they see in this, in, in these documentaries. That, that was exactly and, where I was about and, to go And how it. they perceive it because I'm really curious to know what they are going to take out of these shows. Now, granted, they are created with spins in one direction or another because it is a money-making venture, these documentaries, no matter what they say. Right. But I, I'm really interested to hear my children's read uh on on these on these shows yeah sure. that, that was kind of my final takeaway too is you know my my stepdaughter's 11 she'll be 12 this year and i i don't see the issues that led to this it, this problem i don't mm-hmm. see them getting any better by the time that she's right right smack dab in the middle of that demographic mm-hmm. right and yep. so from that perspective it's it's pretty horrifying yeah uh, i don't really know yeah, what yeah my, the my advice uh, my oldest be, son very easily could have been on a plane headed there real easy yeah, it's yeah. it's scary. Absolutely, because you're dropping. I'm dropping twenty five large. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> making sure he's got a villa. <laughs> Only for a visa. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash passionate DJ. Get access to that monthly bonus episode. Check out our merch at passionatedj.com slash merch. Hit subscribe on that YouTube channel, all the fun things. And uh, I guess follow us on all our social media platforms. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say with reluctance after that conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> after we just got dissing social media. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Keep on spinning. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. Easy. Alexa, order milk. <laughs> <laughs>
Leave that in there.